welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Monica. And, uh, yeah, Monica, how was your week? It was pretty good. Um, tonight I went to my grandmother's house to celebrate for her birthday and my mom's birthday because we finally got to celebrate together. So that was fun. Um, Tuesday I saw my boyfriend uh me and boo have been hanging out a lot being some real ones um i also i am kind of a sad bitch right now but to all my other sad bitches out there being a sad bitch right now doesn't mean you're not a bad bitch remember that i just i just feel like people need to be reminded yeah let's see i uh started taking uh burlesque chair dancing classes can you teach him when you come home sure i had a class last week and i'm going to class again after this um last night was one of my best friend's birthday parties but other than that really you know just my life is just me and the kiddos that's all my whole life um this week in uh, Should That Kid Say to Me, got two really great stories. Um, one, one of my favorite little boys, his, he just found out his mom is pregnant. And he's so excited. Like, I've never seen a kid so excited before. He's, like, freaking out. He's, like, she's going to have the baby in October. And he was, like, I can't believe she's going to have to carry it for nine for eight more months like he he's but like he's like acting out carrying like a pregnant belly like he's ridiculous and he's just freaking out and he is really sad that when the baby is 10 he's gonna be 20 so he'll already be away at university and he can't be a good big brother he's like but like the cutest thing so then after he's telling me all this story about everything I'm looking at his desk And he's got this drawing that he made in his art class. It's an anime. And I said, "Uh, hey, sweetie, why does this man have no clothes on? He said, it's an anime. I said, no, no, I I understand that. But he's naked. And he goes, it's okay. He doesn't have it down there. And points to his penis. It's okay. He doesn't have it down there. (laughs) Oh, wow. Damn. I was like, Oh, okay. And then yesterday I'm uh, tutoring and I'm at these kids' house and there's this thing called Roblox. I don't know if anyone in America uh, knows what Roblox is. Uh, yes, the Roblox, the amount of Roblox memes that have happened here is, is insane. Well, Roblox is a very big deal for the children we're here and everybody has it and there's this game on roblox called royal high where you like dress up as a princess and go to castles and things so i have a royal high character purely that i literally have logged on to twice ever purely for when i'm with these children but yesterday my internet was loading really 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 slow so my character like she had fully loaded but she didn't have any hair still 
Like my hair had not loaded. My crown was on, my dress was there, I was flying around, my makeup was done, no hair. And I was like, I am really a bald headed girl right now. And my little, my little 11 year old that I teach, she goes, your wig got snatched. <laughs> Aw, love that. <clears throat> that is not what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean technically yes in definition that could be what that means <laughs> also oh. for me this week I, I I finished watching a very amazing show that I would eventually like to do on the podcast because it would fit um me and Cody binged watch Gravity Falls in two weeks and I have never watched it like I was watching Disney Channel when it was still on the air and like so I would catch episodes here and there and I liked it I liked the spookiness of it and I liked the like kind of like odd humor that was in it like I realized how much I am Mabel like I am Mabel without any question that is me like I'm Mabel after she went through her emo phase and kind of stuck with it like mentally and how I act Mabel. How I look? No. But that is me. Um, in my TV watching of this week, Big Brother Canada just came back. Very, very exciting. Um, Big Brother Canada is way better than Big Brother America. Just saying. The last time I watched Big Brother was with you, like back in 2013, probably. Like wow. that summer. It was when Frankie was on. God, that season was garbage yeah um i mean i love frankie but that season was garbage yeah um yeah no big brother canada way 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 better um and super great just started uh, I'm also watching that young RuPaul's Drag Race. The Snatch Game was this week. <clears throat> Didn't finish the episode yet, though. All I know is that apparently Simone doesn't win the Snatch Game, which she probably should have. Probably, based on what I've seen so far, I'm guessing Gottmik won the Snatch Game, which is fine, whatever. Like, she was great, but also I'm a little bit over her. Um, but yeah. Still love Gravity Falls. I still want to watch it on here and talk about it because, like, there is for a cartoon show that's very simple. It is created by the by the friend of the guy who created Rick and Morty. And no, I know are, what Gravity Falls is. I have a Gravity Falls like book on my Kindle on my computer right now. Like, I I know Gravity Falls. I just think it's a dumb choice. I just love it because you could and talk and theorize and I want to there's only two seasons of it there's so many better shows for the theme of this podcast true but they also talk about cryptids and shit and I love that I'm sorry I love and I also love Grunkle Stan and the show ends in such a good like way where it's like everything's tied in a bow where, like, it leaves the option for a third season, but also doesn't absolutely need a third season, you know? It's, like, one of those shows where it doesn't need it, but it could have the opportunity. 
I loved it. It made me feel like a kid again. And also, me and my boyfriend got these Build-A-Bears. I got Toothless, and he got Daywing, or Lightwing. That's what he got. He got Lightwing. The girl Toothless. Okay, that was a- disrespectful to call her the girl Toothless. <laughs> I know. Because, like, we were trying to get, like, cute couples, like, for Build-A-Bears, because he's never gotten a Build-A-Bear before. So I had first saw the Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein once, and I want those. Yeah. But he, he won't. He's not a huge horror person, so he didn't want them. And he loves How to Train Your Dragon, so we compromised and got the How to Train Your Dragon ones. I just Cody, want. If you're watching this, I'm proud of you. That is how you compromise. <laughs> Like, I just want, but I myself want both the Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein build the bears They're so goddamn cute. Oh, my God. Sorry, this reminded me of in my science class, we're learning about plants. And we were talking about how plants are living things. So they need food and water and air, just like humans do. And on the page, on my slideshow that I like made for my class, my PowerPoint, on the page where it said, plants are living things, I had a gif from Frankenstein where Dr. Frankenstein's like it's alive and then none of the kids knew what that was I love young Frankenstein so much it wasn't from young Frankenstein it was from the original Frankenstein oh I know that but I just wanted to say I love young Frankenstein so much (laughs) I love it because I saw Young Frankenstein before I saw the original Frankenstein. So me, I always thought the story of Frankenstein was Young Frankenstein. Oh, no. That's inaccurate. Nope. nope. That is not what that is. But I love it so much. If you haven't seen it, it's really, really good. It has Gene Wilder in it. And it's so, it's like one of those, like, it's, how, oh, fuck, how long ago was that made? It was in black and white. But it wasn't, I think, on, I think it was on purpose it was black and white. Like, it yeah. wasn't made it needed to be, be no. in black and white. Yeah, it was a stylistic choice. It's yeah, from, I want, it's from the 80s, I believe. Like, either early 80s to late 70s is my guess. Oh, no, 1974. Oh, shit. Early 70s, son. Like, that movie is one of the I, I fucking love it yeah guys it's a it's a mel brooks movie so like blazing saddles young frankenstein like that it's that era of film it's great there is a uh musical number for putting on the ritz no 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 i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the musical young frankenstein that is oh. based on the movie young frankenstein i've never seen the musical or listen to it um when i came home to buffalo to visit last or two years ago when i the first time i visited from thailand uh that's the only show i saw was young frankenstein i love that but it's because nick was in it yeah and this year is the 45th anniversary of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I I love Rocky Horror. Don't get me wrong. But I have, I know some people 
who I don't like, who very, very much love it. And it always makes me hate it a little bit. You know, that's understandable. I have a very uh, sour mouth from one experience I had while watching that show, even though at the time it was a great fun thing. Looking back on it, I'm like, I wish I was dead instead of ever reliving that memory. But I still love the movie because one Tim Curry goddess, love to see it. Oh my god. Did you see that TikTok I sent you? Was it wait, which one was oh the guy who didn't know who Tim like people didn't know who Tim Curry was? Yeah, there was yeah. a TikTok, there's a TikTok trend that it's like you can judge a person based on where they know Tim Curry from. It's not really a TikTok trend. This was going on well before TikTok. And somebody commented on one of these videos and was like, what if you don't even know who Tim Curry is? And I... I'm like, then you don't exist. Plain and simple. The first thing I ever saw Tim Curry in was Clue. Um, The first thing I ever saw Tim Curry in was the Wild Thornberries. (laughs) It was Clue, uh, Home Alone 2, oh yeah, Rocky Horror, and then it it was one of the last like four like weird ones that um, I saw. First, like in order of the first things I saw, it would be Wild Thornberries. It because I unfortunately watched that well too young. Um, Wild Thornberries. That's it. Rocky Horror at the age of eight. Talk to my father and tell him to parent better. Your brother made me watch it at the age of five. Well, also my brother's a dumbass um, <laughs> and loved a little too much. Yeah, I blame your brother for uh, most of the trauma in my life. <laughs> um. Oh no, no, no! Just kidding. I mean, yes, Wild Thornberries was probably one of the first things I saw but what I know Tim Curry from is a tie between I mean obviously I, I know Tim I've met Tim Curry um I, I know you still hate me because of it but it's fine Ew. I mean I didn't speak to him I just it was a comic-con and I didn't wait in line I just Went past the table. Um, I would love Titty to meet that man. Um, but for me, the two iconic Tim Curry roles are uh, Muppet Treasure Island, where he was a zaddy. Yes. And, um, Rooster in Annie. That's that's the number one for me. Rooster <laughs> in Annie with Carol Burnett as Miss Hannigan. And you know what? The fact that we're also talking about Tim Curry right now, like, kind of, there is a weird post that went around back in 2017 when the remake of It came out about how our main character in our show, Hemlock Grove, Bill Skarsgård, kind of looks like what Tim Curry looked like at the time of when he filmed it. And it honestly, this picture side by side, hella fucking creepy. Hella fucking creepy. Like, it's it's very weird. Like, you could think that they were related. 
Oh, oh, sorry, I just pulled up the picture. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Oh. God. Now he ha- now Bill Skarsgård has to play. <laughs> now he has to play Doctor Frankenfurter. <laughs> he has to. It only makes sense. He's so tall, and his butt is so small. It would just be so interesting. <laughs> you went over no, the okay. Slide? Other things that bothered me on the internet this week. <laughs> this is our new segment on the podcast where I just talk about how stupid everyone is. Um, apparently, there's this whole thing going around because everyone is freaking out that they just figured out that Elizabeth Olsen is the younger sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Like, bitch, where the fuck have you been? I, what? No, like literally, even people I know in person were like, oh, I never knew. Not only do they have the same name, they have the same face. Yeah, like they don't look that much. They look, Mary- oh my God, it's so annoying. So annoying. So, um, so I saw this TikTok where this girl was like, in honor of everyone, including me, being shocked that Elizabeth Olsen is Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's sister. Here is another list of celebrities that I did not know were related. Um, And on this list, she put Bill and Alexander Skarsgård. You really wanna tell me that there is more than one family with the very, very Nordic last name of Skarsgård, including the fact that it has non, like, English characters in the name, and you didn't think they were related? That's how, like, how do you... She's like, now, she's like, now that I look at a picture of them together, like, of course, they look so much alike. I'm like, who cares what they look like? There's a little circle over the A. That's not, you just think that they, oh my God. Also, isn't the, um, the guy who plays Bill in Mamma Mia, isn't he related to them too? Yeah, he's their dad. Yes. I knew that he was, I can remember if it was a dad or uncle. No, it's their dad. Yeah. And God. Like, you want to know what tripped me out the first time I realized about, like, siblings that had twins? The actor who plays Napoleon fucking Dynamite has a twin. And I didn't, I. But, but, but that's his twin brother is not an actor and doesn't look like him. So, like, that's fine. But when you have super, super famous people on the level of Bill and Alexander Skarsgård, how are you not putting together that they're related? Exactly. This girl in this TikTok, she had the the Skarsgård brothers and their dad. She had obviously the Olsen girls. She had um who was it? Oh, Rooney and Kate Mara, who are actresses or who are models, mm-hmm. who uh also have the same last name. Um, and like face in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, um, she had, oh, this one was interesting because I didn't actually know this one. Jesse Eisenberg is related to the little Pepsi girl. 
the curly hair from the 90s. That's his sister. Really? But, like, she didn't really stay famous. So, like, fine. And the other one that was on there was Jonah Hill and um, Beanie Feldman. They don't have the same last name, but they have very openly in interviews talked about being cousins and do interviews together all the time. Yeah. So I'm like, how stupid are these people? It takes a special kind of stupid. You know what else takes a special kind of stupid? The people that wrote this goddamn show. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to you Hemlock Grove season motherfucking three, episode seven, The Bullshittery. You know, it wasn't that this bad. episode wasn't really that bad. It wasn't. I just like to give the writers of the show shit <laughs> any chance I can. It really isn't bad. So if you want to watch an episode, this is the episode an episode to watch, I guess. No. If you had to pick one episode to watch, don't watch this one. Yeah, you'd be confused. <laughs> I was confused and I've watched the whole show. True. Um the speaking of confused um we're going to link a blog post that we found that i found um on to our twitter after this episode comes out um where somebody uh his username on this website which is called um fangs for the fantasy Mm -hmm. i don't ask questions i don't ask questions um his uh reviewer name is sparky so sparky if you're out there um has a blog post about the show might have been the funniest thing i've ever read and the most accurate thing right so episode seven called toro santos which uh, translates to all saints which i don't know why that was the title I have a feeling I know why, because of, you know, hello, Chongo. Um, the reason why it's called All Saints is because of Chongo. Yeah, but like, that's one, not all. <laughs> that's one, not all. <laughs> but also, it was weird because when I Googled Toto Santos, just to make sure, like, I thought it was All Saints, but I wanted to know if it had some kind of, like, significance. It's a town in Mexico that's apparently very famous. So I was like, oh, maybe they're going to go to Mexico. No, they did not. Uh, yeah. You're going to leave this fucking cursed town called Hemlock Grove? Good luck with that one. I mean, technically they did. Their part of the episode took place in Toronto. You're right, you're right. Um, it came out on October 23rd, 2015, obviously. Uh, it was rated 7.7 stars. It is the second highest episode of the season, and everything from here on out gets worse. Yep. Now, would you expect anything less? No. We've been doing uh, this for three it was written by Evan Dunsky, who is uh, a returning uh, writer. He's been, this is his fourth episode. And it was directed by John Amiel, who I love. He is a British director who uh, studied 
literature in college, went to work for the Royal Shakespeare Company, big, big Shakespeare guy. Um, he's won four international film festivals, awards for directing. He was nominated for a BAFTA. He's directed like some of my favorite shows like The Tudors and The Borgias and Once Upon a Time and The Astronauts Wives Club. He's a great, great director. Um, but he doesn't have a lot of horror under his belt. I mean, for him not having a lot of horror under his belt, this was one of the goriest episodes. Yeah, like we went back to gore a lot. It was really nice because it gives me, one, something to talk about in the term of fucking makeup again. Yeah. Um, And for him not directing horror, I think the tone of this episode went really well. Um, the kind of overtone that I feel like would have been in the director's um, hands, not so much anyone else's, um, was not bad. He did for not directing a lot of horror. He, I feel like he had like that macabre feeling hanging over the actors a lot in this episode. So all in all, <sighs> also Mary Kate, you could still hear the 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 oh, blow. Shit, I know, I know. I tried to move my microphone away. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it out every time my nose is, we're just going to have weird fucking stalkers on our page again, because I don't know what's going on with my sinuses today. Um, but yeah, all in all, you know, for, uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything done by this director. Um, have you ever watched uh, Once Upon a Time? Oh, I, I had like up, I think I watched up to like either, I think it was like season three I watched. I would really like to do that on this show just in terms of it's not really sci-fi or horror it's more fantasy but in terms of like special effects and makeup there's a lot and it's yeah it's great one of my faves but yes so pretty good pretty good not disappointing also real quick what the writer this is his fourth episode coming back yes what episodes did he do and he, did he, he wrote um every beast which was episode four of season three is just the highest rated of this season and it is the episode that andreas gets killed oh okay okay and then he wrote two episodes in season th- two um let me just refresh my information here uh he wrote such dire stuff which was episode six which was the episode that we said we kind of forgot about Oh, episode six is the one that um, Peter finds out about the baby and then the weird threesome happens at the end. Oh, okay. And then he also wrote season two, episode one. Ah. Which was not that fantastic. It was not great, but it also wasn't bad. It was just weird because it was like a reboot of the show. Yeah. So he's 
not consistent, but. I mean, he did, like I said, like this episode really isn't bad. Like, I, no, then, I think um, that after how great last week's episode, there was a lot of chance for this one to go bad. Go bad. And I don't think it did. No, I think I kept the tone and the pacing from last week um, very, you know, on that same beaten path. Um, and also the, uh, like, in the article that we're going to link um, in this, it said it was uh, that this episode is, <laughs> well, like, confusing, which is, like, a lot of things happened that we never get an answer as to why it happened. Um, which just makes sense in Hemlock Grove. And yeah, um, it literally said why at one of the points in the article, it said, why? Did anyone ask why? Oh, wait, no, this is Hemlock Grove. Reason is for other shows. Yeah. And that's a very true statement. Like, very true. And every circumstance where there are some things that should make sense and hold a lot more uh, leverage over decisions that were made, just don't get that in this show like ever and that's like probably where i think the biggest underlying factor in this whole series is i think with a lot of people a lot I of just, things answer just don't like i just will don't we- understand no there's just there's really just one character that has um lost all sense of character continuity and development although they never really had it so wait who roman oh yeah roman has never made sense like the continuity of his character and his behavior and his choices has never made sense he's like so either extremely one way or extremely the other it just he's written so poorly like I love our angsty little sad boy moments we get with him and the good moments we get with him. But there are points where it's just like so confusing with him as a character where it's like, I don't know what to do with you sometimes. Like you're an enigma. You're like this ethereal being. Right. But it's like other characters have a motive, have motives that are very clear. Other characters are written in a way where you can see the development over time. Like we we Olivia is currently doing things that are erratic and don't make sense but it makes sense that she's doing that like Peter is currently being a hot mess but it makes sense why he's doing that like everybody's character is developed except Romans and it's been that way since the beginning like we had one like when we had that flashback coma episode and we were going to finally understand Roman in season one we then never addressed any of that no the only time we did was when you know Norman finally told Roman that he was like yo I'm your dad what up you fucked your house an entire season later exactly and I think that Roman, his character definitely has gotten the short end of the stick in the series, which really sucks because they focus on him like the main character of the series. And listen, y'all can shit on Twilight all you want, but at least Bella's character was consistent enough to watch. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, it, it wasn't like, a good character, but it was consistent. And like Roman has so much potential because certain scenes that he's in, certain situations he's put in, he's well, a really and, and obviously like Bill Skarsgård is a phenomenal actor. Like he is a great actor. He is proving himself in this role, but I don't really know how much they're given to work with. Exactly. And, you know, for him carrying on three seasons where there's still me, granted, I also just love Bill Skarsgård, but like for keeping people interested enough to where there's like those diehard fans that for some reason want a season four, like keeping them attentive enough because of his role. And I think he is a big part of keeping the audience. I mean, he's pretty. He is. And there's a lot of people who were, will forgive a lot of things because of pretty people. But. Listen, if Bill like, I mean, character- Let's be honest. Would anybody have really watched the Amazing Spider-Man movies if Andrew Garfield didn't look like that? Because they were garbage. True. And now we have the new Spider-Man series where... Tom Holland looks like a snack every day of the week. Tom Holland every is a day. child, and I'm not going to call him a snack because I would feel very uncomfortable doing so. But like, like two years apart, two or three years apart. You and Tom Holland are two or three years apart? Yeah. Oh, wait, is he 23 or is he 24? Uh, I don't know. 21 when he was in Infinity War. He's 24. Okay. So we're, me and him are, I'm sorry, are four years. Well, when's his birthday? In June. So he'll turn 25 this year. Okay. So me and him are four years apart. So yeah. hit me up, Tom Holland. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, I mean, Tom Holland, I, he, he looks like a baby to me. He does. That's why I love him as Peter Parker because he looks like a geek. But that's my point, though. He is Peter Parker. Like, and the thing is, I genuinely don't think Tom Holland is acting in any of the Spider-Man movies except for using an American accent. That's literally just who he is as a person. (laughs) Yes. Like, if you ever watch, like, any interview season, there's no... But then again, also, like, Robert Downey Jr. is also actually Iron Man, so... Yeah, he's actually Tony Stark. I, I... I love that clip of him dressed up as a bunny and he goes, hi, honey bunnies. <laughs> I don't know what that does to me, but it just makes me feel things. And Chris Pratt is actually Star-Lord. I don't, I don't, I realize, I don't think Marvel hires actors. They just found superheroes. Yeah. And then um, Tom Hiddleston is actually Loki. Did you see that? I think I sent you a whole clip of like, it was like the things that the Marvel cast has said. Oh yeah. And- Literally, Tom Hiddleston said, I want to make a meal. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> you said, what, sir? Yeah. I, I don't think I heard you properly repeat the answer or the question. Repeat what you said. because. Um, did you send it to me? Or did I just watch it? I think I just watched it. It was a video of a TikTok of um, people trying to guess. They were like, which... It was like an interviewer asking Marvel stars, like, which of your co-stars, like, learned how to play violin in one week? And none of them could figure it out. And I was like, I know this. I know the answer. I know. I know. I know. 
pick me. Um, and it was Benedict Cumberbatch, and he did really? it. For, he did it for Sherlock, which oh. I'm currently I'm currently rewatching um, series one of Sherlock every single night before I go to bed. So I listen to him play violin every night before I go to bed. So obviously I knew it was Benedict Cumberbatch, but um, then. Paul Bettany goes, no, he didn't. He thinks he did, but he sounds like garbage. He didn't learn anything. <laughs> and you want to know another really cool thing about like Tom Holland? He does a lot of his own stunts because motherfucker did ballet. Yeah, he was in Billy Elliot in the West End. He's a dancer. He's like so graceful. Like he is like, I love Toby Maguire as... Spider-Man because nostalgic things and reasoning. Like, and those Spider-Man movies aren't bad. The third one can honestly not exist. But the other two aren't bad. And he did a good job as playing Spider-Man. Like, he wasn't a bad Peter Parker either. This is is how I've always said it. Tobey Maguire was a good, a great Peter Parker, except for that he was too old. Andrew Garfield was great as Spider-Man, but did not understand Peter Parker. Tom Holland is both. Yes, that's what I was going to get at. And, like, he 100% is both. Because, and, like, there are different versions of Spider-Man. And now that with, like, WandaVision, WandaVision ending and, like, Doctor Strange into the multiverse, like, there, and then Spider-Man, suppo- like, apparently has been confirmed that Tom Holland, and, Tom Holland, uh, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield are all going to be in it. I don't like that. I don't like if it's a multiverse thing. But ooh. here's the thing: we've already introduced Spider-Man in the multiverse and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which was the dopest movie I've ever seen. So, like, we don't yeah. need to bring back garbage actors and for it. Be something because at the end of Spider-Man to Far From Home, it gets revealed that like, um, have you seen? Have, wait, have you seen Far From Home yet? No. Do not want me to say anything. That's fine. I haven't seen, okay, this is where I'm at because I've been just behind. I have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. I have not seen Far From Home and I haven't seen anything that's on that. I think WandaVision is the only TV show that's out yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier starts this month, but so that's, I've seen everything else except for those three. Okay. So in Far From Home, he ends up, who does he, Mysterio. Okay. So him and Mysterio are, like, battling, and Mysterio can, like, alter fucking, like, in a weird way, like, not alter reality, but he can, like, make people see what they want, that what he wants them to see in a weird way. So, like, he makes it look like Spider-Man attacked him on, like, this bridge and, like, releases his identity to the whole world. So I think, because after Doctor Strange into the multiverse, I think P- for Peter's movie, he's going to make him go back in time, and he's going to see a rip in a dimension at some point, and then that's when all the other Spider-Men are going to be seen. And I don't know how they're, I, I just don't want it to be messy. If we're doing a multiverse thing, cool, because what are you going to do after the, the Avengers movies? Like Endgame was probably one of the best movies in Marvel history. I, they did a wonderful job doing that. They ended it the right way. Yeah, but here's, and- here's the thing. And here's the thing. And this is something that I think a lot of people who are not comic book fans forget. People are so, like, they're like, how do you continue? How do you keep going? The MCU, blah, blah, blah. Like, all your best characters just died. 
Before MCU, Iron Man was one of the least popular Marvel superheroes. He was nobody in the comics. Marvel comics have been around for 95 years. There's so many characters. And the MCU brought people like the Guardians of the Galaxy, who were nobodies, and Iron Man, who was not popular, and made them the people that we appreciate the most. So if you think that they're even close to done... Yeah, you're, there. There's the the amount of content that exists is insane beyond what you can even think of. And unlike the DC, where they don't know what the fuck they're doing over there, they did release the on the 18th of March. The Zack Snyder Cut will be released on. Is it Zach or Dan? I can't remember. It's Zach. Zach. Zach Snyder Cut is being released, but I'm very confused about it because it seems more like a six-part miniseries than a movie. Well, because it was four hours long. Well, yes, I, I understand, but it has six different chapter titles. Like, why did you ever want this to be a movie? Yeah. But, like, and like I think it would have obviously been cut down, but I don't think he really went in and, like, super edited it more down from what he wanted it to because i wasn't didn't someone like pass away so we kind of stepped away from the project and then that's when the uh, um director who directs avengers came in and directed justice league no then no i know there Zach was, ended up- there was some controversy of why he stepped away i don't remember though i don't think um, it was something so when Zach ended up stepping away, like I and I hope Zach Snyder's cuts gives gives something to the DCU. And now for but like enough about DCU because I fucking hate it. Um, I really um, what was I gonna say? Oh no, you were right. You were right. His daughter died, and he didn't have it in him to fight anymore. Yeah. Um. With the MCU, I'm just hoping for good things to come out of this. I have not watched WandaVision yet. I do know Evan Peters is in it. Um, and because of the fact that Marvel is also owns um, well, owns uh, X-Men now, officially, and the Fantastic Four. So there is going to be another Fantastic Four movie. And there's going to be more X-Men movie movies being made. Potentially. So, potentially. And the fact, and it was Evan Peters' Quicksilver that was in WandaVision. That I knew before it even came out because the cast list dropped and he was part of it. And I knew he played Quicksilver in, in uh, X-Men. Um, yes, but that doesn't actually mean anything because if you know anything about the content of the show WandaVision... Nothing that happens in that show means anything for the long run, except for the big bad, which if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to spoil anything. Because I know that this last episode has to deal with, because I've heard that the end of WandaVision picks up the beginning of Doctor Strange. Yes. So, and like, and his name is, and Evan Peters' character's name is Peter, but he's, he's Quicksilver in the show uh, quicksilver's name is pietro in the mcu so and they call him peter on the show so i don't but know again, that means nothing yeah but like it makes me happy to see that 
in Wanda's head, it's Evan Peters' character being envisioned and not the original MCU version. Because in the Avengers movie, he died in Age of Ultron. So, like, him coming to life is not going to happen because his character's already dead in the MCU. Yes, Unless but- there's dimensional shit going on. I no. don't know. Yes, but do you know what WandaVision is about? Yeah, she's, like, schizophrenic and creating the whole reality inside of her head. Right, so it could, it doesn't mean, like I said, it doesn't mean anything. Like, and she's not schizophrenic. That is... I shouldn't have said schizophrenic. Yeah. No, but but no, so it it doesn't, it could have been her brother, like, or Evan Peters or anything. Like, like I said, it literally means nothing for the grand scheme of characters' reemergence in the actual MCU. Yeah. I just, because I haven't watched it yet because I was waiting for all of them to drop so I could binge them. Um, cause I haven't watched them yet because my VPN doesn't let me on Disney Plus. <laughs> but I can't wait because I love Evan Peters and I've seen screenshots of him in the episodes. I guess there's like a Halloween episode that happened where they're all dressed up for her trick or treat, and I was like, oh my god! Honestly, the, the best thing about the Halloween episode is that Scarlet Witch is in the comic book outfit and not the MC oh. outfit. Oh, so good. Anyway, now that we've just talked about Marvel for far too long (laughs) um a plan to save olivia requires a search for the perfect mark at an upir conference destiny confronts roman about andreas yep that's the episode hope you guys enjoyed we'll see you guys next week um bye (laughs) um let's start with Shelly. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Um, um, what is Shelly's first Oh, so Shelly is at the rooster poot and there is this delivery truck that shows up and they're like, is Shelly Godfrey here? And she's like, yeah, I, I have no money. And they're like, don't worry, it's already paid for. And she was like, what? Um, and it was a delivery of like supplies, like toothbrushes and blankets and like actual like necessities for her and all her friends. And it was had a note from Roman that said, stay warm, I love you. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Sneezing. Um, But as she's like signing and getting all these supplies and giving them to her friends, uh, Annie shows up she's like do I know you and she's like is there somewhere we could talk alone and Shelly does say this really cute like line because Annie's like like she's like walking up to her and she's like she's like I might be big she was like I might be huge but I'm not dangerous I'm big but I'm not dangerous and I was like um, so then they go to Shelly's room and I really like this scene um, 
mostly because it made me decide I don't really know if I like Annie anymore because I just don't know what her deal is. Yeah. Um, and, but she's like, you really like to read. And Charlie's like, yeah, always. And then she's like, I went to Roman's house. There's not a single book in his whole house. And I wrote, LOL, Roman can't read. <laughs> also, Annie does tell Shelly that um, that's that they're sisters, that they're half-sisters. Yeah, and Shelly asks the important questions. She said, why are you here? What do you want? And I was like, there's somebody actually saying what I'm thinking. And Annie does exactly what we didn't want and uh, doesn't give any real answer to it. Nope. And then Shelly's like, promise you won't leave and disappear. And she's like, we're all very blessed to know you. Peace out. Yep. And also, um, while she's like telling Shelly all this stuff, like Shelly's like, geez, like I know my dad had a track record, but like, no, it's not the father and like Shelly does have like a hard time like accepting it at first and she's like, she was, like no I I would have known if my mom had more children like I I would have known and then she's like no like I was she was really young when she had me she gave me up and then Shelly says the most heartbreaking thing she's like you're so beautiful it must have been so hard for you to give her up for her to give you up mm-hmm. I was like Shelly you're beautiful too and then Shelly gets mad for a split second because she thinks Roman knew and hid it from her and Annie's like no 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 Roman also just found out yeah and then I fucked him afterwards but we're not going to talk about that no they luckily do not go into that um and tbh that's all we get of Shelly in this episode yeah um yeah yeah unfortunately we see a little bit of her starting to become like more of who she is as a person. Yeah. Which is, I think like Rooster Prout is kind of humbling her because she's with her, the people she feels comfortable with. The people well, who are I, looked at outcasts of society. Yeah, I think it's like she has always been living in this world of Romans and Olivia's and never fit in. And in the Rooster Prout, everybody is who they are who they are with no apologies yeah i was gonna say and unapologetically like they just are who they are and i think that that's what shelly needs and i hope that she gets more help from her community from it's really upsetting because i really love the direction they're taking shelly and like this is something that i think i was telling monica earlier also we learned some stuff about Ader this episode later that like um kind of shows that he is trying to get a redemption arc also. And I really do like Ader's character. I think his redemption arc and Shelly's redemption arc and having them end up together is not bad, except for the fact that the authors are deliberately ignoring that there's a 21 year age gap. Yeah. Like characteristic personality, uh, how they treat each other, how this develops both of their characters is actually beautiful mm-hmm. except that they're per- forgetting that Shelly's a minor like if this was Shelly was 22 and he was 38 even though it would be a big age gap it wouldn't be 
weird long yeah and it's so frustrating to see two perfectly decent characters compared to when the rest of our characters are complete pieces of garbage truthfully the only two perfectly decent characters on the show who should get happy endings have this really nasty negative real world cloud hanging above them yes 100 i hate it because it puts you on a double-edged sword and like it makes me how can i root for them to be happy knowing that it's literally pedophilia but also how can i not root for them to be happy when they're the only two characters in the show who deserve to be happy yeah it's it puts you between a rock and a hard place fuck this show like i feel like the writers also forgot how old chili was and just said "Ah, fuck it like literally the only reason chili's even at the rooster poop was because she wasn't allowed to not live with her mom because she's a minor yeah The writers of the show are sometimes fucking dumb. Continuity editors of season three. Get a new job. Thanks. Yes. I know it's like six years later, but like, if you're listening, I hope you stopped doing what you were doing. Yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you're, it was your job to have continuity on Hemlock Grove, I hope you have left the entertainment industry and are now an accountant, but not a TikTok accountant, like an actual accountant. Yeah. Um, also, no, don't be an accountant because if you can't even remember storylines, I don't want you counting my money. I hope you work at McDonald's. Not even that. If you can't remember continuity errors, you know damn well not to put pickles on my burger. Just anyway. Who are we talking about next? Let's go with Olivia. Yeah, because it has less to do with the overall plot. Not really, but. And then it can go Price and then Peter and Destiny. Yes. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Olivia. She's on some. She's on some. The episode starts with a flashback of Olivia murdering Price that we ended last episode with. And Olivia wakes up and is like, shit. What did I do? She was dreaming about her last night's escapades. So she immediately calls Price and is like, please pick up the phone. Please don't be dead. Shit. Shit. And Price picks up the phone and she said, oh my God, thank God you're alive. He was like, yeah, no thanks to you. <laughs> Crazy bitch. Um, and so they're talking about what the plan for her is. And um, he goes, oh yeah, by the way, um, Last night, what on earth did you mean about the other motherfucker hanging in your closet? And Olivia's like, shit. What? So then she goes to the closet and starts talking to Isaac's dead body. But at least this time she's talking to his dead body and not like him walking around the room. Yeah. And um, she's like, well, luckily it's Tuesday. Um, so she wraps his body in a carpet and drags it out to the dumpster in broad motherfucking daylight on a Tuesday and verbally struggling right and the dumpster's right next to a window in another apartment 
there's absolutely no way that that would happen in real life. I mean, every time the mob pulls up on Peter, it's in the middle of daylight with guns pointed at a car on like a like on a random ass road, and it's not like it's in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like, they just don't do crime properly in Hemlock, Hemlock Grove. They just say fuck it. Well, I, don't I mean, care about it. their pro- both of their previous two sheriffs have died under mysterious circumstances, and I don't know that they have a new one. So true because we haven't had any real issues with the law this season, except for one plot line well i mean the police are investigating andreas's murder but like that's it they're they're not doing a very good job with that either so um so yeah olivia fucking disposes of his body in broad daylight and then stands at the window to watch the garbage truck take away his body and starts like lamenting about how they could have been happy together if he hadn't gone and ruined everything and she's like goodbye isaac then, from the shadows of her apartment, appears Isaac, only not really Isaac, because he is now dressed in incredibly offensive, stereotypical clothes that match the pendant that she was wearing. And he says, goodbye, Isaac. Hello, Chango. So now she's not only hallucinating, she's hallucinating as a racist. Yes. Luckily, he doesn't stay in this outfit. Oh, no, literally- Well, no, he changes a lot, but he's in then half naked for. It's for the beginning until they till they leave after this next scene, and then he's wearing like semi normal people clothes. Wasn't he wearing the naked stuff at the party at the end though? No, he was. Oh. He was in it. He was okay. at the party. It yeah. was just in the first beginning scenes with her at the apartment with him, and then when they leave, he's dressed, which is. I don't understand. I don't understand the technicality of hallucination ghosts in their wardrobes, so I'm not going to get into it. Um. So she, uh, she's like putting on her makeup to hide all her crazy cancer scars and everything. And uh, Isaac is still talking shit to her and she says one of my favorite quotes she said if one is aware that one is losing one's mind they can't really be losing it can they and he said why are you asking me i don't exist yeah and like because at this point at least the hallucination is like self-aware that it is a hallucination and not there and and i really like um with how they shoot the scenes with Olivia because you sometimes just see her talking to herself and Isaac isn't there and it puts her in the situation because like she's in situations where she's around people talking to Isaac and then everyone's looking at her like who the fuck you're alone lady yeah like and which I I really like that because it shows how absent mind she is aware to how no one else can see him and only she yeah I don't know if she knows and just doesn't have the ability to not like you know what I mean like she doesn't have any control of her brain anymore like I she is aware because she clearly says like because she knows that she was getting crazy and she's in a place where people have earpieces and she's like oh I should get me one of those yeah she's aware that like I should probably make it look less crazy but like at the same time she also kind of just doesn't give a fuck anymore Right, but she she's also using her hallucinations as her uh, guide for how she's going to live her life, which is ridiculous. Um, she kept Isaac's phone, 
and um, Isaac gets his uh, messages that have the information about what really happened to Ader and like his mugshot and everything. And so she uses that and um, hallucination Isaac Chongo says, first, we're gonna go and find Ader, rip him a new asshole. Then we're gonna go to the White Tower and we're gonna find Price and we're gonna rip him a new asshole. New assholes for everybody. <laughs> Which honestly was like a really funny scene. The blog that I found described this version of Isaac as one part snark and wit and comic relief, one part eye candy, one part really aggressively bad racial stereotyping. Yeah. Which I would agree with. 100%. So then uh, Olivia goes to Ader to confront him and apparently the crime that he was arrested for 20 years ago was murder. Yep. But it kind of shows how hard he's trying to not be that person. Yeah. So, and, but she like literally doesn't care. She's like, he's like, I've worked my whole life to like prove that I'm not a bad person to like help other people and to not be that guy. And she goes, I don't give a fuck. Now, mind you, when Olivia is having this conversation with Ader, um, Shelly and Annie are away having a conversation at this point. And well, no, they're, they're not even at the rooster poop. They're at wherever he is picking up food in his delivery truck. Oh, yes. And, um, and like, obviously, Shelly told Annie about, I, uh, not Isaac, about, um, Ader. And she was like, oh, where is he? And Shelly's like, oh, he's probably just on another one of his food runs right now. He'll be back shortly. So you'll have to come back if you want to meet him. Which makes me believe, did he actually listen to Olivia and leave? I don't know. We don't see it. We never know. The so, last so you'll hear Shelly and Ader this episode. Yeah. So then Olivia goes to the White Tower like Dum uh, Dum Isaac Ghostman told her to and she's talking to Price and Price basically tells Olivia that like if she wants us to work She's going to need an Upir body, but not just any Upir body, an Upir body that is intellectually compatible with Olivia, because as Price has learned, which we will talk about when we get to the Price storyline, if you do the brain transfer on someone who is not intellectually compatible, it does not go well. Yeah. Um, then we find out that Olivia is a trollop. A trollop? Bro, I'm stupid. Um, help. The definition of the word trollop. It's one of my favorite words. It comes from old English terms. It means one who engages in risky activity, casual sex, and promiscuity. Or a woman who engages in sexual intercourse for money. So it's a very fancy old English way of saying she a hoe. Oh, I like that. Um, yes, so Olivia's a trollop. And um, we find out that not only was she cheating on JR, 
with Norman. She was also cheating on JR and Norman with some oopier guy named Benson. Yep. Um, but she broke up with Benson when she found out that he was cheating on her by uh, seeing lipstick on his drawers instead of just being a normal person saying fucking underwear. Right, but also what bitch gets lipstick on your underwear? Someone who might bite them off? I don't know. Bobby. Anyway. Um, for so for a blowy. That gets that shit gets all over your face. I did that once, never again. So um then she goes to visit Benson. Turns out he's dead. His wife is like, oh no, like, it's okay. I knew you were OPR. Benson's taste in women was exclusively OPR. I'm going to miss all his dumb excuses about all the women he's cheating on me with. And I was like, oh, okay. So you were just cool with this miss thing. Yeah, great. Um, and then they're thinking, yes, we found another OPR body, but then she's like, I have a congenitive heart disease that's very, very rare in OPRs. And they're like, shit. Well, can't use her body. Guess I'll just kill her. So she nom noms her fucking heart, but not before she finds out that there is an OPR convention going on in town where every basically every OPR is going. Not in town, in Toronto. In Toronto. And we're basically every OPR is going to to find out what's going on with this like plague thing that's like attacking them. Um, so she, after she finds that out, she uh, double munches on this lady and then goes into her closet and uh, asks uh, Isaac for some, you know, advice on which dress of this random ladies to wear to this party. And he helps her and then she goes to get ready while she's listening to opera music and walks over this lady's dead corpse. Which was uh, very well done, the corpse. Yes, very, very well done. I liked it. It was yucky. It was gucky. I mean, every oopier kill that has that they've shown has looked honestly really, really good this season. Yeah. It just sucks because we don't get to see enough of it. <laughs> so then she goes to the party and... Um, Finds all these appears and finds the person that she is now targeting as who she wants to steal their body. Um, but basically, her talking to herself is getting hella out of hand. Yeah. Because Isaac is feeling up this lady's body. Which, luckily, okay, I was very nervous when they showed him grabbing things that it was going to be one of those weird, like, Olivia was actually grabbing this lady's ass and the lady... but. Luckily, it's it's totally just figment of her imagination, and the lady did not react to being touched at all, which means that it didn't actually happen. Yeah. And he's, like, playing with her tatas while she's having a conversation, and well, Olivia's talking to Isaac, like, saying, you're objectifying her looking this way, like, what, don't, don't you care about her mind? He's like, but that's gonna be yours. This is just the house. This is just the host. This is where you're gonna stay. Yeah, and then when they finally choose who they're going to do, it's a man, and they're like, if you had a big dick and his money. And she's like, I would rule the world. So he's going to become a man, question mark? Right. So that's Olivia's storyline. Yep. And now we go to 
Our home slice is Peter and Destiny. No, we don't. No, JK, just kidding. Um, Price. <laughs> I'm talking about Price first. Um, so after Price talks to Olivia about her trying to kill him, he is doing some more research and he's listening to very loud music. And I said, cool, no more drugs, but I see we have not given up the drum solos yet. Yep, Price is still going. Well, some woman's talking about metamorphosis, and he's like, yeah. But then the Greek delivery man walks in in Price's bathrobe and is like, why are you here? This is my apartment, and is having weird, like, consciousness lingering and thinks that he's priced but then starts seizing again and then doesn't know how he got there so like price is like shoot the brain transfer is all kinds of messed up um and then oh there's one scene that doesn't technically have price in it but it's about price's storyline so um roman's assistant walks into Belinsky's lab and is asking questions about all the research he's doing only that was clearly not roman's assistant yeah it was a little too fishy he was acting asking a lot of questions and walking very strangely it was super weird. And I immediately, as soon as I saw how he was walking, I was like, yo, speed back. That poor assistant, man. Yeah. So they go to a um, board meeting where Roman and Johan are in the board meeting listening to all these boring white men drone on about quarterly figures. And um, Rome, or Price is like, Roman, are you Okay. Roman's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. Just Peter's got me dragged into some shit and like blah, blah, blah. And Price is like, what do you, what do you see in him? Unless it's, oh, oh, right. It's more than, got it. He's a very handsome young man. And Roman is V offended. He's like, no, you got it all wrong. Don't worry, man. You are way off base. But uh, I said, my note says, Price knows repressed gay love when he sees it, so. Price literally is like, I'm going to say what everyone watching the show has been thinking for the past three seasons. Oh, you're, you're in love. I see. I mean, he's been living his whole adult life under the cloud of repression of his own gay love, so like, he knows it when he sees it. Yeah, he's like, kiss, kiss. Kiss the girl or werewolf, you know. Same thing. Who would be the woman in that relationship? Roman. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and um, then the assistant comes into the meeting and starts like opening and going through his briefcase and pulling out weird like stress balls and Tupperware. And then hidden in the bottom of his briefcase is a uh, an AK-47. Just casually. And, like, Mary-Kate was like, I didn't see it going to that way. And I was like, I, I had a feeling because of the fact that they were focusing on that damn briefcase so heavily that something was coming out of that briefcase. No, and my I mind sure knew something was going to come out of the briefcase, 
but um, I guess I just had more faith in the show than you did. You were like, oh, brainwashed man, violence, gun, got it. And I was like, no, but like a gun is too pedestrian for Spivak. It's going to be something like weird and sciencey, but obviously like that was putting a lot of faith in a shit-tastic show, which I should not have done. Exactly. Uh, learn from Thanks, Mary Kate. So then he pulls out his uh, AK-47 and just um, blows away everyone in the boardroom. Everyone away. Conveniently not price or Roman. So well, good on the- Part of it is that Obviously, for the story, it would not make sense if Roman and Price died. And also, for some reason, and I don't know if this is just an allegory about dumb old white men, but um, when the gun comes out, Price and Roman immediately drop under the table and hide. Mm -hmm. Whereas all the old white businessmen go, oh, <laughs> Yo, dead ass. I mean, he did get a clean shot in the one dude's eye. Went, right in the eyeball. That was, whew. but um, yeah, no. Um, when you see someone aiming a gun at you, putting your hands in front of your face is not going to protect you. No, not at all. I mean, clearly, it wasn't. The, the gun was not being done by someone who was logically thinking or else he wouldn't have wasted all the bullets after everyone was dead and still had Price and Roman on the floor. So like, I'd be got, but also brainwashed by an alien. Yeah. Um, so, but like, yeah, I don't know. It was just, the whole scene was just stupid. Yeah. And then he ends up shooting himself in the head because the cops come and Price notices this little squirmy thing coming out of his exit wound. He's like, ah, interesting. So Price is automatically like, let me examine this man. Bring him to my research lab. And they do that. And they bring him down there. Um, But Price at some point decides to say, you know what? Fuck it. This head does not need to be attached to this body. Whack and cuts the shit well, he off. Explains what he did. He said that the body was hemorrhaging blood, which meant that the brain was not getting enough blood because the heart was trying to save the body. Mm-hmm. But he didn't need the guy to be alive. He just needed video image of his frontal cortex before he died. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, like, shit. Yeah. Um, so then they do they end up using roman as a conduit to get a better image and um my favorite part was um roman was straight up playing hero they were like it's gonna hurt you it might not be good like it's still an alpha testing we don't know if it even works like you don't have to do this and roman's like no i will and price goes okay no argument yeah um, so then they see an image of, um, the cabin that Spivak's at and the goo in the basement and it's just gross. And I wrote, who is that in the goo? It looks like a man body, but I was hoping it was Miranda. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was the secretary. 
I think so too, but also we have no idea. We still have no idea what's going on with Miranda because they brought Miranda to that sketchy basement. And then the next time we see anything of that house, it's the goo pit in the basement. So yeah. Anyway, um, then the brain is dying and they can't look at it anymore. But Price notices that one of the eyeballs is still functioning. So in what might have been the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, they pull the eyeball out of the head to have a conversation with it. Um, but it's it's in the way that they pull it out. He was going to use a scalpel and do it normally. He said, ah, I got this spoon from my yogurt earlier. Pop! And he just, like, grabs And he's holding it by, like, the little string, I guess, that attaches from your brain to your eyeball. And he's, like, looking at it like it's a fucking webcam. He's like, I literally watched the episode like this. Yeah, he was like, who would have... And then, like, the severed head's mouth just goes, like... And then, like, Spivak just starts talking, which, like, fucking explain that one to me. And he starts talking... Sassy. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're uh, you're a little uh, assistant here. Just showed me around the whole house, the whole the whole place. It's, you've got a great place here, and we literally gained no information besides that from the scene. It's um, just speedy. Roman and Price tell Speedback, "We know what you are, and we're gonna find you." And Speedback's like, "That's great. I know all your secrets in your lab, and also I still have Nadia." Yeah, he's like, "Thank you for fathering Nadia for so long, Roman." Like. You really did it. You really did us a good one. I've been having so much fun with her. And I'm like, you're fucking gross. <laughs> and um, they were like, we know that you're Jormundur. We know that you are a sulfur-based life form, not a carbon-based life form. But we also know that you are from Earth and can die. And he just goes, circle gets the square. But uh, good luck fucking trying. Yeah. And then Rowan's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to hunt you down, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, relax there. Go- he either called him pony boy or golden boy it wasn't true boy um and then eventually he just be it starts being so sassy that it pisses price off and he squashes the eyeball and it looked like yucky yucky goo and, and I think- price is like okay we're gonna find the house based on the image of the roof of the house and blinsky's like it's literally a roof of a house with no other distinguishing landmark. How am I gonna find it? That could be literally any house in the entire world. And Price goes, nope, only any house where it's winter. And Blinsky goes, so that narrows it down to Northern United States, Canada, Russia, Northern Europe. And Price is like, shut the fuck up. I know where it's winter. And um, Price also had a date. I know he had to cancel. He said, send flowers and let him know that I'm very sorry, but this is going to be a very long night. And I was like, no. And then he, and then I honestly love like Price and Roman's like kind of like tag team they got going on right now. And like Price is like, okay, Roman, go home, get some rest. Here's your coat. Go go get some rest. As soon as I find anything out, I will call you, but you're not going to do any good sitting here. So Roman, my buddy, and he like pat, and then the Roman pats him on the shoulder. He's like, "Thanks, man," and he's like, "I'm out." And I'm like, "Oh, I just I love bromance moments in any show." And um, yeah, that's Price's story for the episode. 
And now on to our last storyline of the episode, we got Destiny and Peter Brumanza. Come on down. You are our final contestant on what the fuck was this show? So on the episode, the first time we see Peter is that he is once again being pulled into a car by the Croats. In the middle of the day. And he's like, and they're like, listen, get your cousin or we're going to get you. So Peter's like, okay. So Peter goes to the boys. And he's like, this is getting out of hand. We need to make sure our stories are straight. And uh, Nick is a straight asshole. It's this guy's name, Nick, man. And so Nick is just like, no, fuck you. I'm in charge. I don't give a shit. So then we go to Destiny and Sophie, and they are talking about how the boys are all being shady and shit. And then Baj comes home. And they're like, so, want to tell us the story one more time? And of course, poor Baj is like the most decent guy in that whole group and also like the worst liar I've ever seen in my life. And he cannot, cannot keep the story straight. So he finally just like runs away. Also, Baj does confirm something about a sex tape, but doesn't know anything about it. Or at least yeah, says he doesn't yeah. know anything about it. Um, so then Destiny it gets really upset and she's like, I knew who Andreas was when I started this. I knew what I was risking. The worst part about all of this is that Peter's lying to me. Mm-hmm. So she is gonna confront Peter and she does and she tells Peter that she's listened to the phone call and they get into a fight and then Peter is drinking alone at a bar and Roman comes in and Peter is like, listen, I'm going to tell Destiny the truth. And Roman freaks out and he's like, no, don't. And I was like, I have no idea why Roman cares so much about whether Destiny knows the truth or not. It was very yeah. strange. Uh, like Roman wasn't involved except that he called the body in to help protect do the favor for peter it wasn't like a he wasn't involved in it in any way right um and so then we see destiny at the police station listening to the tape again and she figures it out so then Peter goes to Destiny's house, goes back home with Destiny. Okay, so Roman gets home from the deal with Price, and there's somebody waiting in the apartment, and I thought it was going to be Destiny. Same, but it was Annie just being... And he and Annie are starting to get into a fight again, and then Destiny shows up at the door, and Roman's like, just ignore her, and maybe she'll leave. And Destiny, or Annie, because she's pissed off at Peter, goes and lets Destiny in. And Destiny's like, where the fuck is, or she's pissed off at Roman. She goes, where the fuck is Peter? 
Roman's like, he's not here. I thought he was with you. And Destiny freaks out and she says that she knows it was Roman who called in the body. And Roman, because, you know, his whole life is fucking falling apart, just tells Destiny the truth about everything that happened. But Destiny has gone off the motherfucking deep end and she starts accusing Roman of lying and that it has nothing to do with Peter or the boys or any of that stuff and that she thinks Roman killed Andreas and she's pissed off and she punches Roman in the face. Well, Roman uh, swings back a little harder this time, uh, sending her right into the coffee table. Punches her in the face. She falls down. There's blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Annie is freaking out. And she's like, oh my God, we have to call 911. We need to call the hospital. We need to do something. We need to do something. We need an ambulance. And Roman just slowly walks over to the body and snaps Destiny's neck. Yep. First big character that we lost in this show was fucking Destiny. And um, Annie's like, why the hell did you do that? Like, what was that for? And Annie's freaking out and she starts praying over the body and everything. And then we get an extremely long and uncomfortable close-up on Roman's face as he stares at Destiny's dead body with absolutely no emotion in his eyes. We have zero reason or understanding of why he did that. And I don't know if we'll figure it out in next week's episode or what, whether he was doing it to protect Peter or what. What he but, was doing to protect himself. Like, I don't, I, I just not, it makes absolutely no sense. None. That's what happens when you pick a show like Hemlock Grove to watch. And one of my favorite quotes um, in that blog post was, did anyone ask why? Oh, wait. Reason is for other shows. This is Hemlock Grove. Because... Yeah, it was just... No, I don't think it's any fucking question who we want to punch in the face this week. Roman. Roman. No middle name, Godfrey. Roman, no middle name, Godfrey. Oh my god, the burn on your forehead looks like Tanjiro. What? Sorry. There's this anime called Demon Slayer that is like the most popular thing ever for children in Thailand right now. And um, the main character, Tanjiro, has a big, giant burn on his forehead. Um, and sorry, your face. It's not that big. No, it's not, but it's like the perfect color to look like Tanjiro's burn. So, sorry, I got distracted. Um, so. Saving Grace. Saving Grace. Shelly. Yeah. When in doubt, go with our homegirl. No, but I mean, there was nothing else positive in this episode. True. 
True. She's the only person with a positive storyline right now. Yeah. In a sucky way, but yeah. Yeah. Which is out of her control, so she shouldn't get punished for it. No. Um, but, oh no. Episode was very strange. It was, um, so, like, last week's episode, um, Monica and I talked about how we knew for a fact that five of the seven main characters were definitely going to die. So I, we both knew Destiny was going to die. And we knew that it was going to be Roman who killed her by snapping her neck. We did not know it was going to be this episode. We were both shocked that it happened this soon. I thought we had at least another episode. Yeah, because um, if you look on the IMDb, she's on for the rest of the season. So but unless there's something know how that happens, but um, no, I uh, I genuinely like some of the characters. I know what episode they're gonna die in. Some of them I don't, and I did not know what episode she was gonna die in. And I genuinely thought we had one at least one more week. So it was um, it was different. It was. Yeah, it was real. It also was really sad for a big character like that to go the way that she did. It was just, I'm very nervous about what's going to happen next week and Peter finding out. And it's just going to be. Because you know, Peter's not going to ever forgive Roman for that. No. Ever. Regardless if he was doing it to protect Peter or not. Oh. That explains something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. The rest of the season, we have three episodes left. There are too many storylines to close up in three episodes, which is honestly probably why everyone dies because instead of actually writing a decent ending, they just fucking kill everyone. Yeah, so like, fuck your ending, fuck your ending, fuck yeah. your ending, fuck your ending. You're all gonna die. Bye bye. Oh, so we will see. So tune in next week to find out if there's any more deaths adding up to the tally board of people who died this season or not. In next week's episode of Hemlock Grove, you can follow me on Instagram at Monica.Lynn underscore um, and on Twitter at Mon underscore Lynn. Mary Kate, take it away. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at E-N-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at death and aliens. All one word. Yep. And email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or anything fun like that. Or you just want to say hi. Subscribe on uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and, um, have a good week. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. We, oh, uh, also today, the day the episode comes out is the official time, daylight savings time beginning, which means I'm going to have to figure out what time is publishing time. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go back to, um, it being what an hour behind for me for you now it, yeah it'll be go back from 12 to 11 okay so like right now it'd be it's 116 my time but it'll be 12 16 your time in the afternoon right okay 
Okie dokie. So, 